the Lord. Amen. What a beautiful day it is to be in the house of God, to be in a place where you could just be still. It's nice to be at church where you could just be still, right? You don't got to worry about this, that thing, or the other. You could just concentrate on what God has for you. And I promise you today, if you came with a, an expectant heart, if you came to hear, if you desire the word of the Lord, because I'm here to tell you, the thing that cuts through is God's word. The thing that makes the change is faith in what God says. And so I'm just so glad to be in a place where we can hear the word of the Lord and what God is going to share with you today is going to impact your life for God. Amen. And I would suppose just kind of looking around, I'm just kind of, just kind of, kind of peruse the faces. I think we all need a God to make a move, right? I think we all need to see the Lord do what only God can do. And it'll, it, it'll, it'll make your life a whole lot more exciting. Look at your neighbor and say, you need some excitement in your life. You need some excitement. You need some God excitement. You need some God excitement. Not new movie excitement. Not new job excitement. Not a new lover excitement. I'm talking about God excitement, man. We, we need that in our lives. And I contend we, we all need it. Somebody say, man, we need that, right? And so, so today, today if you're here and you're willing to just take it in, right, I'm going to read through the scriptures. I'm not going to bib upon them. I'm not going to stretch them. I'm not going to make them say nothing that they're not saying. I'm going to give to you the word of the Lord. And if you'll trust it, it'll produce in your life expressions that can't even be counted, blessings that you can't even, can't even put into words, right? So we're getting into our series. This is the second message. Last Sunday, we talked about power made perfect. We know power is made perfect in weakness. But today what I'm going to do is I'm going to pair up with that perfect power. I'm going to pair up with that perfect power. Listen to this, a perfect heart. Because do you know you need a perfect heart to make that power complete? And we're going to talk about that today, right? So we're going to get into this message, the heart made perfect. And I'm going to pair this up. If, listen, brother and sister, if you're listening to this, if you need God to do something extraordinary, now, now, now you mark my words, and I'm telling you this as a man of God. If you need God to do something extraordinary, there's something going on, I don't know, what it, what, whatever it is. If you need to see God's glory in your life, God manifest himself in your life. If you will take what I taught you last Sunday, power made perfect, and today a heart made perfect, if you put them together, if God doesn't manifest in your life, come let me know. And I'm going to take all my degrees off the wall, going to throw all my suits into a big canister and light them on fire, and I'm going to go out and be a Buddhist and, you know, go somewhere and just live in the mountains somewhere. That's how confident I am that if you pair the perfect power of God with the perfect heart, you will see His glory. So I'm going to give you, look, I'm going to give you the recipe, and it's up to you to put it together, right? Come and say amen. How many know mama's got the recipe, right? How many know mama's got the recipe? Raise your hand if you know mama's got it. If your food is whack, mama got the recipe, right? Mama got the recipe. Well, I'm here to tell you, dad's got the recipe, and he sent me to give it to you. Now it's up to you to put it together. So last week we talked about power made perfect in what? In weakness, right? And I look around and I see a lot of weak people. Look at your name and say, man, you weak. Come on, somebody. Now, all we got to do is pair with that weakness a perfect heart, and guess what? The glory of God manifests. God promises. In fact, could I share with you, and I shared it last week, that God will run to you. You hear me? God will run to you. And I'm going to show you how that process works, and we're going to do it today. So let's do this. Let's stand. We're going to read the word of the Lord. I'm going to be in Judges 6, 
And I'm going to read it, I think, uh, through verse 15 and 16 or so, if I remember from just kind of perusing through. I can't read the whole of the message of Gideon. Um, th- this message uh, is, uh, I'm going to say, a very special message uh, that I'm actually taking with me uh, in a few weeks to the nation of Ethiopia. So the message that you're hearing, you're hearing it first. And I'm going to deliver this message to the nation of Ethiopia when I go down to the capital, Addis Ababa. I'll be there in a, in a couple of weeks as we're continuing our mission work there uh, in Ethiopia. And so I'll be there for, for a couple of weeks. But you're going to hear this message. So this is, this is the, 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 the series entitled Weak Things. And, and so you know the series is about you because you're a weak thing. And, and then we're going to learn principles on how to invoke God's glory, His, His ability and I'm going to talk about that because God needs space. We'll look at your name and say, God needs space. If he's going to show up, he needs space. And we're going to talk about that today in this message entitled, The Heart Made Perfect. So let me get my Bible open. We're in the book of Judges. And I'm going to read this to you. What a marvelous expression. You know, Judges has a lot of awesome judges in it. Come on, somebody. And so Judges chapter 6, I'll begin reading here. And I am going to take it all the way through the verse 16. And just read it, reads as a narrative so you won't have to, you know, figure out uh, symbolisms or expressions of theology. And this is just a narrative and we can read it just uh, plainly through verses 1 through 16. So I'm going to read this to you. This is Judges chapter 16, uh, pardon, excuse me, 6, there's no, not 16 chapters. Uh, Judges 6, beginning here at verse 1, it begins like this. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Oh, here we go. I want you to hear the narrative because we read the narrative now. I want you to hear what's going on behind the scenes. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. So if you have your Bible, I want you to just remember what we just read there. That the children of God did evil. And God delivered them into the hand of their enemy. I I want to say that one more time just so everybody kind of lets that kind of penetrate the mind that the people did evil and God delivered them to their enemy verse 2 and the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel and because of the Midianites the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds and we know that's a reference to Hebrews 11 if anybody knows people of faith and so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east Even they came up against them, and they encamped against them, and destroyed the increase of the earth, till thou came unto Gaza, and left no substance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor ass. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude, for both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. Look at you, look at your name and say, that's what the enemy does. The enemy coming forth to steal, kill, and destroy. So just you lay hold of that. Now watch, verse 6. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites. That the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt. Now I want you to hear this. Here's a prophet reminding them of who God is. 
Now, now, somebody needs to lay hold of that because I, I won't get, have a chance to get into some of these principles, but I just want you to see what God's doing. God sends people around you to tell you who he is. That's why you're here this morning. You're going to hear who God is. Not who he isn't, right? Who he is. And you need to know, right, right what, what is eternal life? The knowledge of God and the one to whom he sent. So I want you to know a prophet comes and says, this is how, this is how awesome your God is. He says, that, that, he says, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now, now, now watch how things change. Watch the shift. So the prophet comes. <laughs> he declares it. This is who God is. This is what he'll do if you'll stop fearing. Watch this, verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under the oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained to Joash the Abysrite and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the, lay, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, church, hear this, the Lord is with you. <laughs> the Lord's with you. He says, thou mighty man of valor. The Lord's with you, thou mighty man of valor. Now, now watch, now, now listen to Gideon. Because this is why the Spirit of the Lord sent me to church this morning. Uh, now, now listen to Gideon. So the angel of the Lord tells Gideon, God's with you. Thou mighty man of valor. And, and now, now here's Gideon. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us. Somebody say if. If. Uh, help us, Lord. Man, I could stop right there because I think there's a lot of ifs in the house. The Lord sent me to get that if out of your mouth. Right? We got to get the if out of our mouth. So, so watch Gideon. He says, if the Lord be with us, watch, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all the miracles which our father told us of saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, the angel, go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Listen to this. Have not I sent you? Y'all don't know how real this is in our church right now, in the lives of our family. That is real. Look what he says. And he said unto him, O oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. In case you don't know, Gideon's a baker. He bakes bread. The Lord said unto him, Surely, watch this, surely. Somebody say, Surely. I'm not talking about Shirley, Shirley. I'm talking about Shirley. Shirley, somebody say Shirley. 
Right, Shirley, you got, you got to get, I want to take the if out of your mouth and I want to put Shirley in your mouth. Brother and sister, listen, you got to get this, man. He says, surely I will be with thee. And watch what he says. Now, you got to catch this, right? And thou shalt smite. Listen, you know they came down like grasshoppers. They're innumerable. They've occupied the land. They've, they've left nothing for them to eat. They're innumerable, right? They're coming down and they're everywhere. And what does God say? He says, surely I'm with you. Watch what he says. And thou shalt smite the Midianites. What does it say? All it takes is one. Somebody here lay hold of that oneness. Man, we're going to see God take over. We lay hold of that. We lay hold of that. Are y'all ready to get into this? Come on, y'all ready to get into this? Come on, help, help me get into this. And then I, I, I'm praying that, man, we're gonna, we need to stoke that revival flame in here. We need to get the members hot where it just ignites itself. Anybody ever fan a flame and then all of a sudden it's just cold, but the more you feel, all of a sudden fire erupts from that. That's what we need in here. Come on. Surely, surely, y'all, surely. Oh, I'm going to show you how if you can say surely, your heart's made perfect. If you can get to surely, your heart's been made perfect. I'm going to show you how that happens, and I'm going to use an illustration out of the Word of God to help you get there. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we want revival here. We, we, we want, we want the, the coals of heaven stoked by the, by the wind of the Holy Ghost uh, to ignite this place. That all the ifs be vanquished, be burnt away like chaff in the wind. And, and let them kernels fall to the ground. Uh, the, the, the substance of that which we bake from. Let, let, let it fall. Let us eat from that. Help us, Father. That we would experience an outpouring of, of, of revival in this house. Of hearts revived in the Lord. That, that, that somebody has come in here in the deadness of life. Uh, their father they're here holy spirit they're here and and what they what they speak is the if and today holy spirit uh, we purpose to take the if out of their mouth and replace it with the surely that they'll see the glory of god manifested in their life experience god like they've never experienced him before friend let me tell you something if you're here Hear this message, right? I'm praying, and you know I don't, I very seldom do this, but listen, hear what I'm going to say. You may be the only person in your family that's hearing this message. You may be the only one, but God's going to work in you uniquely and perfectly. All he needs is one. Don't worry about how old you are. Well, uh, preacher, I'm 80 years old. Or preacher, I'm 8 years old. Uh, if you're the one... You're that one, God says, I'm going to put a Shirley in your mouth. All I need is one. Help us, Holy Spirit, today. Let this message fall on hearts that are ready and ripe for the entering of the word of the Lord. Help this word be planted in hearts that are yield back, not 30, not 60, but 100 times that which was sown. Back fruit, back into the kingdom of heaven. And we pray that blessing over the house of faith, and we pray it now, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, go greet each other, Lord. And when you greet each other, just simply say, Shirley, brother, Shirley. Go find somebody say, Shirley. Shirley. 
Surely. 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 Many, surely, many. Roll for surely, roll, surely. Rebecca, surely. Surely. Brother David, surely. Brother Shane, surely. How marvelous. How marvelous. Surely. Look at your neighbor right now and say, get that if out of your mouth. Get that if out of there. Get that surely in your mouth. Surely. Hey, I don't know what you're going through this morning, but could I tell you surely? Hey, you got a problem. Look at your problem and say, Surely. You got some bad news this week? Surely. The doctor said, come to my office. We're going to look at your x-ray. Surely. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I'm helping somebody. God sends a prophet to tell you this is who God is. He's the one who delivered you. Surely. Surely. Man, come on. That'll be more excitement about that in here. Surely. Surely. You lost your job. Surely. Let's get that if out of our mouth. Come on, church family. Surely. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go until y'all get, get on it, man. Because listen, you can't expect me to come up here and be your cheerleader. I'm not a motivational coach. I'm a preacher, right? Surely. 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 Get that if out of your mouth. Surely, God. Surely, God. How many in here know that our God is a big God? I hope you believe that. We serve a big God. Could I contend with you that God is bigger than what you think he is? In fact, your imagination cannot encapsulate, cannot even imagine the bigness of God. Look at your name and say, God is big. We often will give frame to the bigness of God by speaking of the omni of God. The, the, the omni is to simply say the allness of God. The, the, the allness, that, that this is all of God. How, how many know that God is omniscient? He knows everything. Look at you and say, God knows everything. There's one true know-it-all, and it is God. You, you, you know, I'm glad God knows it all. Because that's an expression of God saying, I know the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And how many are thankful that the truth aren't always the facts? Oh, I'm talking to somebody. I'm glad that my God knows more than the facts. He knows the truth of it. And how many know that truth, that truth appears as a person called Jesus? Jesus says, I am the truth, the way, and the life, right? He, he, he's, he's omniscient. He knows it all. God, God knows it all. How many are thankful that God is omnipresent? I love that word, omnipresent. That means that God is with us. 
How many are glad that this big God, a, a God that you can't even fathom the grandness of God, the bigness of God, decides to make his abode with you, that God is with you? The Bible says, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Look at your name and say, God's with you. Is that, isn't that magnificent? How, how many are glad that your God, an omnipresent God, is always in the now? I love that about God. God is, the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but Jesus is always right now. How many are glad that Jesus is always right now? I'm glad that he's not yesterday because if he was yesterday, I couldn't use my faith. The Bible says, but now faith is. Uh, faith is present. It is now. It is today. It's right here. It's this very moment, right? And how, I'm so glad that my God is with me right now. He's omnipresent. In fact, the Bible says he's promised to never leave me nor forsake me, right, so that I may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord's your helper. So quit calling everybody at midnight. Quit asking everybody to pray. The Lord's with you. But he's also omnipotent. The Bible says he's all-powerful. He's so powerful that Jesus says that if thou canst believe, all things are possible. Somebody say all, omni, all things are possible. If you could just believe. Now just think about that. If you could just believe, you could unleash the omnipotence of God. I, I want to unleash the omni of God. I want God to be all in all. I want God to be everything. Anybody want God to be everything? L listen, if you want God to be everything, you have to have a perfect heart. And let me explain this to you. Our God is big. Now, I I'm going to reflect back a little bit. Uh, th th there was a time when I got a little chunky, a little, little chubby. I, I got around, I like to say around three bills. Three bills, that's 300 for some of y'all don't know how to count. And whenever I went somewhere, when you're 300 pounds, you don't just sit anywhere. And people said, come on in here, have a seat. You, you wanted to look at the whales on the, on the chair, right? You, you didn't want to sit in something and the chair just completely smashing the splinters under the weight of your heaviness. And so you couldn't always sit around and chit-chat with people because you had to make sure that the furniture could hold you. Now, I was just 300. There's people who weigh a whole lot more than that. Don't look around. Don't look around. So if you invited me in and said, come on in, have a seat, I would first have to look to see if you made space for me. And brother and sister, I'm here to tell you, though God abide in you, the power of God is very specific. The, the, the allness, the omni of God needs space. It needs room. It, it has to have place where the glory of God can come and God can be God. Because I'm here to tell you, God is jealous about his glory. Now, if you want, if, listen, I'm not here saying you're not saved, and I'm not here saying God doesn't abide in you, but if you want to see the power of God, if you want to see God be God, if you want to see God unleash himself, you have to make room for God. Yeah. 
Look at your neighbor and say, you got to make room. There's got to be a place where God can demonstrate himself. And when God shows up, he needs a lot of space. That means you and God can be at the same place at the same time. You've got to get out of the way to let God. Uh, the, 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 the problem with people is that our hearts aren't perfect with God. Our hearts just aren't perfect with God. In, in fact, I said last Sunday, we've got a pain problem. And it's the pain problem that keeps the heart imperfect with God. You know, we've got too many questions with God. Too many accusations, too many things, too many situations. I, I want you to see Gideon. Uh, G- Gideon is somebody whose heart is not perfect with God. It's just not perfect. Even after a prophet comes and speaks and says, this is who God is. Do you know every Sunday I come and teach you who God is? And some of you are still in the same place you were last week. Now, now what good is it to know? Listen, what does the scripture say? And what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, then who can be against us? And if God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also, also freely give us what? All things. Somebody say all things. God is with us. And what does the prophet and the angel come to say? God is with you. You're not by yourself. God's with you. And our hearts have never really entered into the, the fullness of that unity with God. That God's with us. You know, he could be somewhere else, but he doesn't choose to do that. He, he chooses to be with you. Listen, just like you are kind of specific about your company, God could be specific about his. But you know what he decides to do? He said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. And I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake. You know how awesome that is? You know, you've lived life long enough and you've seen people out of some little word or some gossip leave your life. That is some little minor offense, some little thing, and they walked away from you. God said, I'll never walk away from you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to leave you. When you look at it and say, God, I'll never leave me. And you know yourself. Sometimes you want to leave yourself. Anybody ever been beside themselves? God said, I'm going to be with you. I don't care what the accusation is. I don't care what you're doing. Though he does, he said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. Now, see, we never really take that to heart. Now, see, I can say all of that, and as soon as you leave, you're going to be read back in the same trouble you were before you came in. Your heart's not perfect yet. And anybody that fears, the Bible says you have, you're not perfect in love. Because perfect love casteth out all fear. You see, your heart has to be perfect. I mean, what good is my preaching if you're not perfect in your heart with God? Listen, brother, if we don't lay that foundation down, well, what could I tell you to help you? You know, there's people who say, well, I went to church and I didn't hear nothing. Well, of course. 
man, I well, you know, I listen to this, and this and I, but man, I ain't getting nothing from it. Of course, your heart's not perfect. But the moment you get a perfect heart with God, all of a sudden, all the horizons expand right before your eyes. You see the fullness of a living God. You see a God who can do it all right there at your fingertips. For heart made perfect. You, you, you see the story, and I like the narrative. You know, the nation of Israel is exactly where they're supposed to be. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. And you know what God's going to do? He's going to chastise you. How many know sometimes you get spanked in the kingdom? Raise your hand if you've ever been spanked. If you've never been spanked, it proves you're not a child of God. The Bible says, and King James says, proves you're a bastard. Because God disciplines every son he loves. Sometimes the things that you're going through, God lets the circumstance of what you've done be part of the training in your life. How many have ever made a bad decision? You know, there have been times I've made a bad decision and God delivered me from the bad decision and the circumstance that belonged to the bad decision. And then sometimes God delivers me from the, from the error of the decision, but I still have to go through the circumstance because he says, I'm going to train you, son. I'm going to teach you. You read the story. The story is Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And God said, for seven years, I'm going to give you over to your enemy. God made a decision. Because he's still sovereign. The, the problem is that when the angel came out, now I'm convinced that Gideon didn't know he was talking to an angel. Do you know that the Bible says, it says, and be careful, not, be, be careful to forget not the entertaining of strangers. For in doing so, many have entertained angels. How many know that that, 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 that that stranger that you passed by, that the spirit was tugging at you to give him $5 because he was begging on the street or some situation, some person, and you, you was all busy not realizing that you were talking to an angel. Right. I've had these experiences before where I was with an angel. Here's an angel that comes and says, hey, God is with you. Do we need to say anything else? I mean, y'all are waiting. What is Pastor going to say? God's with you. You need anything else? What would you want me to tell you? God, man, that's the fullness of, of the personhood of Christ who tore down the middle wall so that you and God could have relationship. That's the fullness of the ministry, right? That God would be with you. And so, so here, here's the angel saying, hey, God is with you. And then, and then the second that Gideon hears that God's with him, what is Gideon? Iffy. Second that he hears that salutation that should have set him free into, into the newness of life, but rather he went right back to the oldness of it. Well, if God's with me, then why am I going through what I'm going through? Could I suggest to you that what you're going through, God sent you to go through it? Let, 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 me, let me let that settle, because that, you know, that's kind of like, like menudo. It's better the second day. Come on, somebody. I'm going to let that kind of stew around a little bit. L listen, when the Christian is saved, listen, listen, church, hear this. When the Christian is saved, he and she knows that there is nothing that happens serendipitously. There, there is nothing by chance. God is in it all. 
Jesus Christ, all in all, he's working through everything, through every event, through every situation. He's with you all the time. There is nothing coincidental in your life. Nothing coincidental. God works in it all. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his prayer. All things. Somebody say all things. things. Yeah, you got laid off. God is in that. Doctor said, come look at your x-rays. God's in that. Now, he didn't didn't cause you to be sick. He said, I'm going to deliver you from your sickness. He's in that. And God permits things to happen. You know why he permits it? He's after one thing. Weakness. Weakness. And oh, how we hate being weak. We hate being out of control. We hate being in a place where we can't manipulate a thing or or change a thing. Oh, how we hate being weak. And that's exactly what God is trying to do. he's He's trying to produce a place in you where you can be so weak that his power can be so perfect. But we hate being weak. We hate it. Gideon said, well, if God's with me, why am I going through all this stuff? Where's the God of all these miracles that they talked about? Have you ever, have you been hearing people say that? People tell me all the time, well, preacher, if if, if God is real, how come come y'all don't see miracles? And I say, well, we haven't made place for it yet. I'm working on that. You, you, You know why the church is absent of power? Because we refuse to be weak. That's not a God problem, that's a human problem. And you know, God is doing everything under the sun to prove to you that you can't handle life, and you can't handle stuff, and you can't handle adversity. Jesus says, in this world ye shall have tribulation. And you know, we just refuse to lay hold of that principle that in the world you're going to have trouble. We've just never associated the trouble to God. Let me tell you something, God's permitting it for a reason. He's trying to produce a weakness in you. You know, Paul understood it like this. Whenever I'm weak, then he's strong. Therefore, will I rather glory in my weakness that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He wanted, he delighted in the weakness it caused. When's the last time you've delighted in the weakness? And you said to God, God, thank you for this infirmity. Thank you for this trouble. So that you might demonstrate yourself. That you might demonstrate your power. But no, no, no. We, 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 we like to say, well, if God was with me, then why am I going through all of this stuff? You see, your heart's not perfect. Let me, let me, let me, let me sh- can I show you somebody who had a perfect heart? Can I just kind of juxtapose that heart with your heart so that maybe you can compare? There is a man by the name of David who the Bible says was after God's own heart. Uh, we attribute to God, uh, uh, pardon me, to David, uh, that epitaph because David always had preeminence with God. God was always first. And David would never let you badmouth God. Don't think so, ask Goliath. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who blasphemes the name of my God? 
that guy. He also delivered us to many psalms, and we read the narrative of David, but, but there's one psalm in particular I, 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 want, I think everybody here knows, the 23rd psalm, but you've never considered how perfect that psalm is with God. I, I, I say that the 23rd psalm is, is David's resume with the perfect heart. Catch this. Are you ready? Don't worry. Jesus is always on the main line, I tell you, at the Harvest Point. There he is, you see? Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Catch this. David starts like this. The Lord is my shepherd. Shall not want. He maketh me. He makes me. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. Watch. He restores my soul. He leaves me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now watch. What is he telling you? God's guiding me. Now, now, now listen to David because this is where we got to get the if out of your mouth. We got to get if out of your mouth. We got to get surely in your mouth. Now watch David. David says, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's my God. He's guiding me. I like when he says his rod and his staff comforts me because he knows that God's not hitting him to guide him. He's leading him by love. He's saying, I got you. Come on. The way a parent would hold a child's hand. The way the parent instructs and guides them in a passive right. Good things. I used to tell my kids when they were younger, you know, when they were acting like, you know, in school. I used to say, why do I want what, what you should want for yourself? No, you're going to be a straight A student. And if you don't want to be one, I'll help you be one. You ought to want to be the smartest kid in school. But see, God, God isn't spanking me. He's guiding me. He's leading me. So then David says this. This is the perfect heart. Then, then, then David says something quite odd. He says, yay! Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because thou art with me. In other words, David wasn't saying, well, why am I in the valley of the shadow of death? Why am I going through this persecution? Why am I suffering so? He says, you brought me here by your divine guidance. And yea, right here I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What he says. Watch, listen to David. You got to hear this. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my mother and father, brothers, sisters, friends, family, you know, that we might have divine fellowship. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. So you need to read your Bible. You're going to be like the people in Gawana drinking Kool Aid if you don't read your Bible. This is what he said. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And what do you do there in the presence of my enemies? You anoint my head with oil. In fact, right there in the presence of my enemies, my cup runs over. And then David says, surely, surely, 
Come on, somebody. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He just said, man, hey, listen, I'm here because you're here. I'm here because you guided me here. I'm going through what I'm going through because you, you brought me here. You're, you're here to create a weakness in me. And I'm not going to badmouth you. I'm not going to question you. I don't got any more questions for you, God. I'm here because you brought me here. You know how long it takes for a believer to get them, brothers and sisters? I'm here to tell you, I can't even teach that. Only the Holy Ghost can teach that to you. You know how long it takes for somebody to finally give up and say, God, take over? You know how long that takes? There's some of you already 50, 60, 70, 80, and you still haven't confessed that to God. You know how long that takes for us to say, God, you know, I'm here because you brought me here. And I know this is a hard place, but you're not going to leave me. You're not going to forsake me. You brought me here. Father, you be you. Be, be God. So the Lord sent me to tell you he's with you. Mighty woman of valor, mighty men of valor, God is with you. So, you know, he didn't say, I want proof. You know, different than the people in Jesus' day and today. Well, if I can't see it, I can't believe it. Do you know the story of Gideon? He, he makes an, an, a, 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 a sacrifice for the angel, and, and, and he wanted the angel to prove that he came from God. And how many know, poof, the sacrifice went up before God. And he was terrified because he said, I just spoke with an angel. And the voice of the Lord came. Watch this. The voice of the Lord came. What was the first instruction? What was the first instruction of Gideon? Tear down the altars. The Bible says he came by night for fear of his own life. And he tore down the, 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 the altar to Baal. And, and the Bible says that night he brought his men with him and they tore it down. And the next day when the guys got up, they saw that, that, that Gideon, they want to know who tore the, 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 the altar down. They said, well, Gideon and his men service, and they came to take his life. And that's where his name was changed from Gideon to Jerubbabel. Because they said, well, Baal, be, Baal let Baal contend for himself. How I many know Baal never showed up? And Gideon said, Lord, don't get mad at me, but I need more proof. <laughs> Y'all know the story of the fleece? Y'all know the story of the fleece where he took some fleece out. And he says, Lord, I, I'm going to put this fleece out in front of my house. And what I want to happen is I want the fleece in the morning to have all the dew in the ground to be dry. Will you do that for me? The next morning he gets up, the fleece is full of water, saturated with water, but the ground is completely dry. He said, Lord, don't get mad at me, but I need more proof. The more you complain, the more you complain about yourself. I just want you to see that something's happening that's indicative. It's, Gideon represents us. I need more proof. And so he said, let, let, let it be this way. Let the ground be saturated and, and the fleece be dry. He gets up the next day and it's exactly as he said. 
The ground was completely wet. Fleece was completely dry. Uh, most of you may not draw the comparison, but how many know that the fleece is wool? It's, it comes from the lamb. It's, it's a picture of Christ who came full of water. We know that when he was crucified, when they stabbed his side, water and blood came out of his side, right? That, that Jesus came fully saturated and the earth was dry. And then he left the, gr the ground completely saturated, and he was drained of himself. Just a picture of Jesus. So here's the symbol of Christ. If you don't believe God means what he says, look at the cross. If you don't believe God is for you, can I consider you, ask you to consider the blood that Jesus drained out of his own blood, out of his own veins to prove his undying devotion to you. And he proved it. And here it is that, 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 that Gideon is there. And, 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 and God said, okay, I'm going to take you and we're going we're to deal with your enemy. So Gideon sends out word, hey, God sent me to deliver the nation of Israel. 32,000 men showed up. 32,000. I'm sure Gideon probably felt like, well, hey, you know, it's formidable. God said, there's too many people here. In fact, if you don't think so, go out and tell them. If anybody here is fearful, you can go home. <laughs> 22,000 people left. But 10,000 remained. God said, there's still too much. Because wherever I show up, I'm going to get all the glory. Still too many. And I'll tell you what. Take these guys down. You think you got 10,000? Take them down to the water hole and watch them drink water. Bible says that they went down and God told Gideon, the ones that kneel down like a dog and drink water with their lips off the surface of the water, send them home. You know, the ones that, you know, they get like a dog and they... they He goes, but the ones that, that drink water from their hands, those are the ones I want. The, the, the ones that'll get on their knee. And drink out of the palm of their hand. That's the one I'm looking for. Y'all remember? Anybody ever seen Karate Kid? You, you, you remember Karate Kid that at the very end, he was teaching him karate, right? All the things. He didn't know he was learning karate, but he had to paint the fence. And he had to wax the car. And he had to sand the floor. You remember at the very end where he said, you do know karate. No, I don't. You haven't taught me nothing. Yeah, you do know karate. I taught you it all. I taught you all the moves. You just don't know you have them yet. But remember that? Now, what did Miyagi say? Show me sand the floor. Y'all remember this story? Anybody say Show me wax on, wax off. And at the very end, they bowed to each other. Yes. You remember Daniel's son? Remember Daniel's son? Daniel's son bowed like this. And he slapped his head. Pow. <laughs> Don't you ever take your eye off your enemy. So you know the ones that lapped like a dog, they took their eyes off the enemy, sent them home. I don't want them. 
I want the ones astute enough to know that this is warfare. So I know I'm not talking to everybody here today. Some of y'all are still lapping like dogs. I want you to drink that water, keep your head up. Know that I'm talking to you. I want you to drink from the palm of your hand today. 300 guys. Against an army, you can't even count. And so God did this. An angel of the Lord came and stirred him up and said, come on, God wants to show you something. In the middle of the night, y'all know these stories, right? In the middle of the night, get up. God wants to show you something. Come quickly, come on. And he, took a, he took a manservant with him. And, and he went over to the king's tent where the king sleeps, where, where the general sleeps. And the general woke out of his sleep and he said, I've had a dream, a horrible dream that a barley loaf. Remember I told you Gideon was a baker, right? He, that's why he was threshing wheat in, the, in a wine press to hide it from the Midianites. He, he's a baker. He's of the tribe of Manasseh. He's, he's of the weakest tribe and he's the weakest person there. And do you know that God is looking for the weakest thing? Uh, let, let me give it to you like this, so, you, so, you, so you'll get the story. The Bible says, the eyes of the Lord, 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 9, memorize this. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. What is he looking for? To show himself strong on behalf of them who have a heart perfected towards him. Now think about that. Think about that God is, his eyes are running, trying to find somebody that he could be perfect with. He can't find nobody yet. Church, here, even here at Harvest Point, is this a place where God can be perfected in his power? His eyes are running, looking for somebody. And he's looking for the weakest one. The, the weakest one. Listen, you qualify. Look at your name and say, you qualify. Because if there's weak people, you're the weakest person I know. You, you qualify. And listen, so, so, so check this out. Here's the baker. Who, who, you know, the baker, he deals with powder, right? Flour, sugar. Maybe the most dangerous object is the, is the roller pin. God, God picked the baker to do the warfare. Check this out. So he says, I want you to go and hear what they're dreaming about. Gideon comes up at night and he puts his ear up against the tent. The men inside are talking. He had a dream. And this is no lie. You know, barley, a barley loaf. We know about barley. Anybody know about barley loaves? Jesus taught us how powerful barley loaves are in John chapter 6. Come on, Bishop. Well, he took five barley loaves. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Two fishes. But they said, we saw a barley loaf, a concha, come out of the hill. <laughs> Think about what I just said. Th th these are men of warfare. They they they've taken the heads off of their enemies. They've disemboweled their enemy. They, they are men of war. These guys are blood and guts. And they're terrified because a concha is coming off the hill. 
And the concha rolled and it rolled. And as it rolled, it was just smashing tents. You, you, you know how if you get a coin and it, and it just kind of rolls and then it rolls and it gets and it stops. This concha rolled through the whole camp. And 10 after 10 and 10 after 10 and 10 after 10 and 10 after 10 and 10 after 10, 10, 10 to the very center. And all the tents were demolished from a concha. God said, before you go into war, I want you to hear what the enemy is saying. The Bible says that this is, this is nothing but God, the God of the Israelites and the sword of Gideon. And the Bible says, when Gideon heard it, listen, when Gideon heard it, they're outside that tent in the enemy's camp. He lifted up his hands to God and worshiped the Lord. Think, think about what I just said to you. Here is Gideon outside the enemy's camp by the general's door. And his hands are lifted up to heaven. What is he saying? He's worshiping God. You are with me. You've already delivered me. And you allowed me by providence to hear what the enemy is saying. The enemy was terrified of a baker. Well, the Bible says the wicked, the wicked runneth when no man pursues him. Do you know that Gideon went back? Listen, under the providence of God, that's what he said. We're not going to need no swords for this one, guys. We ain't going to need no swords, guys. Don't worry about this. Look, everybody get a trumpet. We're going to go worship. Let's get a, get a trumpet. So 300 guys got a trumpet. He says, we're going to go out. We're going to blow our trumpets, and we're going to take some lanterns. We're going to take some light with us. And when I tell you to, we're just going to go blow our trumpets and bust the lanterns up. Right? They're going to hear the trumpets and they're going to hear fire. So they went out there. Gideon went, and this is what Gideon said. When I tell you, a count of three, I'm going to shout, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Watch what God does. They marched and blew their trumpets, the chauffeurs, and they broke the lanterns. Fire went everywhere. And they set the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And when the enemy rose, they thought a host of army was coming. And the Bible says they turned one on the other and they slew themselves. And the whole camp, thousands, hundreds of thousands of men killed themselves. And God was glorified. God was praised. God received all the glory. God showed just how mighty he is. God proved himself in, in, a, in a moment, in a time where he showed that I am all God. I am all ability. I am all power. I am all knowing. I can cause all this to come in effect. They didn't need Daniel to interpret the dream. God gave them revelation and the enemy smashed themselves. And I'm here to tell you, God is saying he's just looking for a perfect heart. Who says, God, I'm in a bad place, but to you be the glory. 
God, I don't have enough, but to you be the glory. God, the doctor said this, but to you be the glory. They said this thing would happen, that thing would happen, but God, you already have me in the enemy's camp. I'm going to lift my hand up. Worship the Lord. Listen, is there anybody here this morning who you got a kind of a situation, a little funky thing going on in your life? And every time you think about God, the enemy tries to throw that thing back up in your mind. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Where you start to pray for somebody, then, some, then that little voice comes up, well, he didn't heal the person last time. You're praying about this thing, and the devil likes to say, well, he didn't help you the last time you were sick, the last time you had a problem, the last time you had a situation. And you know he's lying to you. But you're in a little situation right now. God's already delivered you. Uh, listen, the enemy is already on the run. Do you have enough faith to come stand up in the enemy's camp as Gideon did and lift your hands to God and say, you are with me? You know, next week, stand up with me real quick. Next week, I, I want to teach you the story about the two lepers. Their statement was, why sit we here until we die? And I want to introduce you to two lepers who had enough sense to say, I'm going to go to the enemy's camp. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I just said. I think we're in a season now where we can walk over to the enemy's camp. I, I, I dare somebody in the midst of their problem, their situation, you're going through something, you're here and you're under some travail, some, some, some adverse situation. Maybe, maybe you're here in proxy for somebody who's maybe going through some stuff. I dare you today to lift your hands as Gideon says and worship God right there in the midst of your situation. To just simply say, God, you're with me. There's no more if. I, I, I dare you right now to, to lift up your hands. Not, not because you know a way out. Not because you figured it out. Not because you got a calculator and, and figured it out with the pen and pencil and you, you, you made your calculations. But because, because you can lift up your hands right now and say, he's with me. To come to the enemy's camp. Brother and sister, listen. We used to sing the song a long time ago in church. We used to say, I went to the enemy's camp. And I took back what he stole from me. You see, I took back what he stole from me. You see, I, I took back what he stole from me. You see, I went to the enemy's camp. And I took back what he stole from me. Because he's... Under my feet, he's under my feet, yes, he's under my feet, yes, he's under my feet, you know, he's under my feet, see, 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 I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me, I took back what he stole from me, you see, I took back what he stole from me I went to the enemy's camp and I took back